Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and this is episode 41. Technically, it's episode 42 because I did a part B, but I'll just call it 41 just for the heck of it. And joining me tonight, sleepy girl Lucy is sitting next to me, sleeping, looking at me. Hi, Lucy. Oh, <laughs> she's looking at me. Um, and this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, the Maasai tribe and a safari. But I wanted to tell about the story that I uh, experienced when I went and visited the Maasai in Africa. This is Kenya. And there's a lot going on. I haven't uh, put up a podcast in a while because I started another podcast called Planet Positivity. And I was working on that for a long time, and now I'm writing a book, so I'm just moving and getting ready to go on my trip. It's just a lot going on, so I didn't have a lot of time. Literally, I didn't have a lot of time. The only time I had, like I spent an hour watching the TV show just to shut my brain off or playing a game every now and then just to shut my brain off and relax and regroup and recharge and then re-engage with my goals. That's uh, that's what I like to do. See if Lucy, what do you think, Lucy? Yep, yep, she uh, she agrees. Anything else? Yeah, uh, she's putting her uh, her two cents into it. She's a wise old girl, going on um, going on nine years this year. Yeah, she's sweet girl. Likes to just jump on my lap. She's slowing down a little bit, but I think she'll she'll live you know quite a few many years longer, maybe. I don't know, eight, nine years. Oh, anyways, so yeah, I wanted to go over that. There was a story, a really good story. I was trying to think of stories when I'm writing the book to uh, encapsulate certain ideas. Uh, I, I uh, did about eight shows already on that Planet Positivity uh, podcast from everything from gratitude to courage to the importance of a positive mind. Um, a lot of the stuff I was kind of leaning towards already uh, while I was doing this super travel experience podcast, but it all interrelates. I mean, you have the benefits of a positive mind while you're traveling is humongous. It's enormous. Um, kindness begets kindness and what we put out is like an echo. So, um, when you're positive, you receive positive back and when you're negative and, you know, a jerk or whatever, you receive that back. It's just, it's amazing how true that is, is one of my uh, biggest learning lessons is just be kind when you travel and just in general, be kind to people. And I've gotten so much out of that and life's been much better when you, when you do that. Um, so yeah, I'm going on eight episodes. I got to do another one for that one too, because I think it's been about eight or nine days since I, I posted there. But I have I have some good ideas that that I'll do. I've been uh, writing every day, like I said, at least an hour, trying to put in a few thousand words each day. I'm going. I'm gonna finish in March. That's the goal. At first, I gave myself a ten day challenge, but when you're writing a book, ten day challenge is a little, uh, a little aggressive uh, of an approach especially if i'm working out an hour and a half a day i'm moving i'm i'm uh working i'm sleeping i'm you know trying to do all this other stuff trying to have balance unless i had nothing to do and was just locked in a room for three days i think i could knock it out fairly well like a 250 300 page book but a lot of the the 
challenge with it is thinking of stories, like trying to remember things that that um, relate to the idea that I'm trying to express. And so this podcast, I'm going to talk about a safari and the Maasai of Kenya. And you could go on a safari in Tanzania, I think Namibia, South Africa, all sorts of places. But that's definitely a, a bucket list. There's a top 10 bucket list I want to go over. Oh, like I uh, like to always start every show with a quote. Traveling, it leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. That's a cool quote I like by even Batuta. And then let's go to, there's a top 10 places. Um, Let me see, top 10 bucket list destinations. And the safari is one of them. So I just like to read them real fast because I found it interesting. I don't know if I I read this before or discussed the top 10 bucket list destinations. If you don't have a bucket list, write down a bucket list. I mean, there's got to be places that you haven't been that you want to go and you find find places whether you need a reason to travel whether it's like to run a race or you love ancient history you love art you love culture you know whatever it is you love um people you know find a place and write down you know bucket list at 10 a good start so one of the the top, number one i don't know if they're in order but one of the best uh, bucket list destinations is italy definitely italy is amazing there's it's rich with history, art, like the best food in the world. Plus, you have gorgeous places, vistas, epic hiking, wine, villages, coastal towns, from Florence to Venice to the Amalfi Coast to the Dolomites Mountains. There's something for everyone in Italy. That's an amazing place. Another top 10 destination is Machu Picchu. Yeah, it's a magical, remote city perched on top of a mountain and if you look at the the mountain on the side it kind of looks like a face there's a nose and like the chin and the forehead it's fascinating and that was built by the ancient civilization of the incas i have to thank inca aztec mayans that sort of stuff so the incas and this is one of the few places uh, that's described as a mystical, and it really is. To get to that place is hard enough. I can't imagine back in the day um, getting to Machu Picchu is just amazing. You're just awestruck when you get there. Um, and whether you want to hike or just visit for a day or take a train, or you could you could get there. And uh, South Island of New Zealand is is a, a, one of the top. Uh, bucket list destinations kyoto japan that's fascinating uh it's the cultural heart of japan offers an abundance of temples and you know it's like going to a different world some of the friendliest most interesting people um while traveling uh that you meet is found in kyoto and in japan in general they have beautiful cherry blossoms and you know japanese maples and all the beautiful colors, yellow, orange, red. You could eat sushi. You know, they have sake. They have this habu sake. Um, they have like all sorts of cool stuff. Geishas. They have ninjas. They have samurais. They have sumo. They have, you know, Japan's just phenomenal. I do like 10 podcasts on, on Japan in general. And another place is Bagan, Myanmar. Wow, this is fascinating. It looks a beautiful place, beautiful temples and Land of a thousand temples, they call it. It's like stepping back in time when you go there. The landscape's dotted with thousands of Hindu and Buddhist temples, like over almost a thousand years old. 
You could ride a bike, walk around, or take a hot air balloon. I'll pass on the hot air balloon. <laughs> I'm a little bit uh, afraid of heights, but it's one of the best places in the world to watch a sunset. Another place, guess where another place would be for a bucket list? It's fairly popular. The Himalayas or the Himalayas, world's tallest mountains. Um, you could visit from Nepal, Bhutan, India, Pakistan, and Tibet. And you could access them by foot, helicopter, yak, car, and airplane. And yeah, uh, almost everyone of all ages can stand amongst these amazing mountains. They're truly breathtaking in more ways than one. And you could do a trek to the Everest Base Camp, or you could even climb Mount Everest yourself. Uh, although there's a risk of death with that, but everything comes with the risk, right? Siem Reap, Cambodia. This is one of my favorite places. If you love temples and ruins, this is the place to go. Um, most people think of Angkor Wat when they think about Siem Reap, but that's just like a small part of it. There's tons and tons and tons i forget how big the area is maybe like six miles or something it's huge there's all these rocked carved smiling faces at bayon there's top prom with these gigantic tree roots covering um the crumbling crumbling walls just a magical place feels like you're indiana jones plus the town of Santa reap has so much to offer with all sorts of really good restaurants and um places to shop and yeah, you know, I ate really cheap there, cheap cheap food, and very and they use dollars, so that that makes it uh, very convenient if you're from the U.S. to go there. And um, yeah, Tasmania, Australia, this is fascinating. I haven't been there. I've been to uh, Sydney and in that area, but this says the uh, the Great Barrier Reef, Melbourne, Sydney, they're all great, but Tasmania is phenomenal. The largest city in Tasmania, Hobart, is a harbor town offering great food and accommodations. You can explore uh, the island <clears throat> with the rent-a-car. They got some of the best oysters. You could find great hiking trails, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Ab abandoned pen penitentiaries. Ah, interesting. One supposedly haunted. All right, sign me up for that. I'd love to go check out haunted places. I haven't found anything that scared me or anything that was haunted, but I'm definitely a uh, would love to go and wildlife everywhere. It's one of the last, it is the last habitat for the endangered Tasmanian devil. So visiting a sanctuary is a must do. And Tasmania is a small island, but there's plenty to do to fill actually two or three weeks of your time. Uh, the Great American Road Trip. This is fascinating. Uh, so that's one for a bucket list too. You could travel across 48 of the United States uh, states in the US and by car from the west coast to the east coast and that's a cool adventure and the last one is the african safari that should be on everyone's bucket list that's amazing um it's an epic epic adventure there's you could do you know there's a few ways to do it you could do like a luxury safari you could do a more budget economy safari um there's all sorts of stuff and there's you know, a few countries you could do it in, from Namibia to South Africa to Tanzania to Kenya to Botswana. Um, but once you go there, going to the zoo will never be the same again. And that takes me to Kenya. When I was in Kenya, I only took a two-day safari. So I didn't have a lot of time, and I was happy just to do that. But it it was enough. I'd prefer at least probably four days, at least 
three, but four I think would be really good. Because basically safari, you drive around in a van with the top off or it like pushes up so you, you could get a view of the animals and you just drive around on these dirt roads and watch the animals. So I did the safari and took a five hour. Uh, the safari was Maasai Mara in Kenya. This is the Serengeti of Kenya. So the Serengeti is in Tanzania, um, eastern kind of middle Africa. And uh, the Serengeti is really popular, but I don't know why they call it the Maasai Mara uh, when it hits the Kenya. They just change the name for some reason, but it's still the big national game park, reserve, animal place that that uh, you could visit and go on safaris. So I went to the Maasai Mara. It was like five, four hour drive from uh, Nairobi, the capital of Kenya, to uh, Maasai Mara. And the road was not very good. So that was probably the hardest part for the driver was just to drive so much there and back. Left early in the morning and got there early in the afternoon. Um, and it was, uh, it was definitely uh, a blast. <laughs> Let me go over it here. So before you go, you on the way there, you stop at a Maasai village. The Maasai are really cool. Um, you could hear him. Let me see if I could play. You could hear him singing and dancing. Let's see. Let's see. Can you hear this? Hey. That's what, what it sounds like when you get to the Maasai Mara village, or the Maasai village. So I get there and I'm kind of like blown away. I'm like, I read about all these people, but I haven't actually been and visited one of these before. And here's a few facts about the Maasai people. If you haven't heard of the Maasai people of Kenya, these are, um, I guess they're uh, cattle herders. That's like their main way of life. And so their main uh, consumption is, has, is meat, meat, blood, uh, mostly, and a little bit of vegetables. That's what they're known for. It's really fascinating. Uh, let's see, they're defined by their colorful colors, uh, the colorful colors of their of their um, outfits and um, their blanket. They wear this special blanket that's like a plaid, and they're very traditional. They've been doing this for I don't know thousands of years. I'm not sure the exact history of them. A lot of them are bald. They shave their heads, and the women as well. Some of them have pierced earlobes, um, and they stretch them out. Um, they drink cattle blood. So one of the most intriguing facts about Maasai people here, and just checking it out on, online. So they drank it raw, right out of the cows and goats that they slaughter, which is their primary source of food. It's considered honorable. The drinking of blood um, used to take place on special occasions, like when a woman gave birth or when a young man got circumcised. But nowadays, the blood can be taken every time there's a slaughter. And reminds me of the old uh, ancient, I don't know if they're ancient, but the old Mongolians, you know, Genghis Khan, how they would slit, make a small um, 
incision in their horses and, and drink their blood to help sustain them. And the Messiah, their livestock and children are extremely important. They're semi-nomadic and pastoral, so they're living by herding cattle and goats. That's their main, main way of life. And they have a large number of livestock. Having a large number of livestock is a sign of wealth for Messiah men, and it gives you a status, a sense of status, respect, and honor among the community. In fact, the Messiah used to trade with the livestock to acquire whatever they wanted. They also valued children. A young Messiah woman uh, would give birth to as many children as her body allowed. They got married very early, and some still do. It's also a sign of wealth for the husband, and they're allowed to have, uh, males are allowed to have more than one wife as well. Uh, so the, I guess polygamous is a word, polygamy, they practice polygamy. Um, the modern Messiahs, however, understand the concept of family planning and its importance, but those in the villages still maintain some of these behaviors. It is also important to note that if you have a large number of cattle but no children, you will still be considered poor and vice versa. Fascinating. Uh, the role of women, um, they have, they're the ones that build the inkajik, the Messiah hut, which is normally circular or loaf-shaped. The structures are impermanent in nature. And get this, what do they use? as like a mud type of thing to build the walls. Cow dung, cow poop, that's what they use. And sticks and um, basically cow dung. That's fascinating. Uh, the men and women have their own defined roles and they love singing and dancing. Definitely um, a joy to, to hear them. And the last one is they're fearless. This leads on to the next part. They're fearless. The Maasai have always been calm and courageous. They were formerly hunters with their young men trained to hunt for food and protect their families. In fact, until recently, a Maasai boy would only be crowned a warrior if they killed a lion single-handedly using the spear. Now that's fearless. And so I was driving in uh, my tour visiting the Maasai tribe on the way to the Maasai Mara uh, on a safari, on the way to, to a safari. And then we stop and he goes, oh, you want to check this out? And you pay, you know, you pay the fee to, to go and they give you a tour. The, the men will dance and you jump with them. That was fun. I said, if you could jump really high, you could have more wives. So I think I jumped probably the highest I've ever jumped in my life. And I, I won. So <laughs> needless to say, I have 25 kids and 10 wives right now somewhere in uh, Kenya. Um, and the women, they, they do a, a dance. And they, well, actually, they sing and clap their hands. Not really a dance. The guys were were more um more act uh, lively more active and then lenny leonard the the tribe uh, head tribe chief we call him the chief he uh gave us all a tour there's a few of us and uh we went and took a tour of the little village and the, the huts and you have to bend down to walk into the hut and they're really cool though they got rooms and and yeah, they're kind of neat you don't you don't smell the cow dung that that it's made of. It's fascinating. Um, I saw one of the the elders was carving the uh, carving the special tool. I don't know what it's called, but it's got like a it's a wooden uh, tool, like a wooden with a round ball carving at the end. I don't know how to explain it. There's a name for it, but it's like a it's a weapon. I actually got one as a souvenir, and. Um, then they took us around the village and took us to uh, sell us some of their necklaces or jewelry or whatever we wanted to buy. And 
I don't feel like getting anything, but I look at Lenny, I go, Lenny, I like your machete. Can I, uh, can I buy your machete? He goes, yeah, uh, okay. So he, uh, <laughs> he lets me buy his machete, so I gave him, gave him a, I don't know, not too much. It, it's not very expensive, but it's cool to have a Maasai machete. And then, um, and then that was pretty much it for the tour, and I'm walking out, and they're, they're really happy people. Kenyans are some of the most happiest people I've ever seen. And they're walking out, getting ready to go, and I got a bright idea. I go, hey, Lenny, do you guys like to wrestle? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 we like to wrestle, yeah, yeah. So I was looking at, at Lenny. Lenny's about, like, a, I don't know if I said it, about 5'5", five, five, uh, buck 20. He's, he's 120 pounds. He's a little guy, and I was like, oh, we're going to wrestle. This is going to be good for me. I'm, I'm like 5'11", 155 pounds, so, you know, I've, I've got a good advantage. I'm, I'm bigger, so I was like, oh, this, this ought to be fun. Let's... And then so I tell that to Lenny, and he looks in the direction behind him at the group. There's a group of Maasai just, you know, talking and happy and watching to see us go. And he points to one, and I don't know the name he called, but he pulls him over here. And I was a little dumbfounded because he was the one of the biggest Kenyans I've ever seen. He was one of the biggest Maasai warriors I've ever, ever seen. And he says, you too, wrestle. It's like, oh no, what did I get myself into? All of a sudden, it was on. I couldn't back down. At this point, the group of Maasai warriors were gathering around. They start chanting. We're going to have a wrestling match. Me and, I'm going to call him Andre because he was a giant. Me and, me and Andre are about to go with this crowd of Maasai around us. I don't know whether to be scared or courageous or what, but I just went with it. Eh, I haven't wrestled in many months, many moons, but I was willing to give it a shot. I had no idea as to his, um, how well he wrestled or how good he was. So we square up and I, I was already regretting this. I pulled my pants, cinched my belt. I was in shorts and a shirt. And I, we square off face to face. And as we squared off, I swear he looked at me and made, just made a grin. Like, this is going to be easy. <laughs> and my heart just sank. My adrenaline's pumping. Um, they made a circle in the, in the dirt and they just all gathered around. And we go head to head and we cinch up. We clash, we clash, and I grab his head with my right on, right hand to try to get a like a type of underhook, and my left hand grabs his uh, left arm to try to get control, and it's just a couple of things I learned while wrestling uh, people um, over the years, and so we're we're cinched up and we're both fired up ready to go and we're going and so i push while we're cinched up i push to try to gather and garner how strong he was and he could he wouldn't move he was like 
like like a statue, like stone. It felt like he weighed like a thousand pounds. I could not move him. This guy must have been six, six, three, over three hundred pounds. He was huge. Maybe a little lighter because they're thin, but still, it's the biggest man I've ever, I've ever went up against. And we're talking about a courageous warrior that would, they'd have to kill lions to prove their manhood. And I'm, I'm up going up against him, scared, nervous, but courageous as well. I just did it, not, not think about it, and I tried to remember wrestling moves, but. I just kind of went with my gut and instincts. And so I push to try to get, garner strength. And I, all right, this isn't going to be easy. So we, we, um, he pushes me back and I, I, I go back <laughs> quite a ways. <laughs> and we, uh, he pushes me and I get back and lock arms with him again, try to move him to the right, try to move him to the left, try to use his leverage um, against him. Like if he, if he pushes I'll pull if he if he pulls I'll push you know so I try to try to go with that and it seems to be working pretty well and um, I what happens I'm trying to remember we I we I fall down for some reason I I think I I he pushed me or threw me off when I was trying to grab his head and you know I'm shaken up and. Everyone's still, you know, yelling and screaming, and they cheer because he he won. So he didn't win, but he pushed me down, and so I got up and dust myself off, and you know, think I'm not gonna back down. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going, and I'm gonna win. And so we we cinch up again. Well, actually, we square off first. You square off, you know. And you you walk back and forth to try to try to see and gauge your what you're gonna do. And so I cinch up again. This time, this time I I up the strength that I'm that I'm using. And you know I do the push and pull method again to the right and to the left. And as soon as I pushed. And he pushed as well to try to, to try to uh, counter. I quickly pull into guard, and get him in a headlock and fall back. And he falls back, cinched in the headlock, like a guillotine would be a jujitsu type of move. And and then I got him, I got him. That was it. Game over. I'm on my back in the dirt. And I got him in a lock that he couldn't get out of, and I got it. That was it. I was my adrenaline was going. I was exhausted. It was only a few minutes, but it felt like forever. Time slows down, and everyone starts cheering, and they they just got a kick out of it. It was a blast. I don't know that anyone's ever done that with them. And so, yeah, it was fun to do. I, I like to make experiences like that, and that was one of the things I tried to do. But it could it could have been dangerous. Definitely, wrestling is dangerous. Um, I could have easily uh, injured myself or injured him, or accidents happen. But luckily, everything was okay. I played it safe. I tried tried not to get crazy, and you know. 
make it as least dangerous as possible. The worst thing I, I got was dirty, but the huge experience that I'll always remember and never forget will uh, always be with me. And yeah, that was it. We shook hands and gave each other a hug and I shook hands with all the other members of, of the tribe. And it wasn't the the longest battle, but it was one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had. And after that, went on a safari. And, oh, actually, Lenny shook my hand as we left and gave me this um, necklace shaped like a lion's tooth. And so I wore that the rest of the day and the rest of the trip. And we drove the short distance to the entrance to the Masai Mara National Park and went on a safari. And the safari's pretty amazing. There's a pretty good story, too, in the safari. So you, you drive in, you, you go to the gate, and then the guide takes all the paperwork and documents to the gate uh, while you're parked outside the gate. And after everything's checked, they let you in, and you drive what seems like the desert, and then it changes to... Um, more green and grasslands and and all of a sudden just out of nowhere you just see giraffes walking around and there's monkeys uh, monkeys I can't remember the, I'm trying to think what kind of monkey baboons there's baboons and monkeys as well uh, all sorts of amazing animals that you just encounter there's dirt roads and you just drive through and watch all these things and they have walkie-talkies that talk with each other to, to see where all the animals are and you know pull up and you look out and there's there's a bunch of lions just laying in the bush and it's pretty amazing there's a pride of lions and there's like 10 lions out there it's you just can't believe that it's true or that it's real you know it's like a dream it doesn't feel it's real it's like going to the zoo, but a million times better. It's like, you know, it's like Jurassic Park, how they have that, um, um, where, you, where you go in like a Jurassic Park, like the movie, and you look and there's dinosaurs everywhere. It's just like that. It reminds me of that. And just, I remember the elephants, you, you couldn't get too close to some of the male elephants who were in heat, and they had these sweat glands on the side because they could, like, charge the the car that you're in the, the van and there's just amazing amazing you saw hippopotamus there's ostrich ostriches are so funny looking and saw hippopotamus and tons of zebras zebras are amazing the, the striped zebra is just amazing and there's um antelope wildebeest you name it and they have it and yeah i saw Cheetah, cheetahs were fascinating. There, and I got some good pictures of one stretching and, and yawning, so that was that came out really well. I want to blow that up and frame that one, and one of the lion cub laying on the rock, and we're driving around, and you know, I see a a, a bone. It was a I think a, like a cow, a wildebeest bone or something, and so I I asked him if we could stop here. It's kind of a bunch of bushes around. And I go to get out, and as I'm getting out, I, I look and I see a tail, and I get, just as I'm going out, the, the car's 
doors, the van doors cracked, and I look, and there's like a tail, and I get back in quickly, and we drive a few feet, and it's the dad, king, daddy, lion, laying lazily in the bush that I almost stepped out onto. (laughs) Like, you could walk and just run into animals that could tear you in half. I mean, that's no joke out there. I, I, uh, I don't think it would have did anything. He looked, he had a belly on him. He looked fat and happy. Apparently the women, lions, the lionesses, they, they do all the hunting and all the work and the king just eats and is the king. But he still has a big job to protect the, the pride and defend against other, other kings and other, or other lions, male lions. And so that was another cool thing that happened and the trees and nature and it's just a beautiful, exotic, amazing place. I definitely uh, I want to go back. It's on my list to go back again. And I don't know if I'll be wrestling <laughs> anymore, Masai. That was like a spontaneous thing that was kind of crazy, but made for a good story and I actually got the video of that too actually got a video of that and it was fun jumping i just loved everything the the kenyans are some of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world they're have the most beautiful smile they're some of the most beautiful people and incredibly incredibly wonderfully wonderful and nice people uh, kenyans and definitely we'll go back i'll probably go to tanzania and do the official serengeti i'd like to see the wildebeest migration that happens every year where the wildebeest uh migrate uh south to north and uh the lions and all the animals they go and feed off of them that'd be fun to to watch and see i don't know about fun but it would be you know interesting to see to see that and yeah that's that's that experience and I think I'm going to end it with that. Thank you for joining me. Um, oh, this podcast, just like every other one, is brought to you by my travel store where you can find really good travel accessories and gear, you know, all sorts of stuff from backpacks, noise canceling headphones, travel clothes, travel shoes, you name it. I got it. Selfie sticks. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, www.supertravelx.com and use code super. 10 for 10% off and that helps the podcast and uh, helps support the podcast. Thank you for listening. This is episode 41. It's another beautiful day. Stay positive, be positive, and your life will be positive. Also, feel free to check out my other podcast, Planet Positivity. It's really good and it, you know, I've learned a lot doing it and it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I, the, the, positive mindset cannot be understated this can change your life dramatically dramatically if you knew the the cult if you knew the power of a negative thought you would never thank one ever again there's a really good saying so just stay positive and focus on positivity and it's amazing what things will happen but it doesn't mean like you can't do work and you can't do other stuff, but that's a huge part of it. Definitely, I, I, call, I think it's the foundation. That's why I did a whole, I'm doing the whole podcast on it. And it, it'll really help during traveling too as well. It really helps because I try to have this mindset of whatever happens, let it be okay. It's a really good mindset to happen when things outside of your circumstances you can't control like 
being on an airplane? Is it late? Is it not? You can't really control those sorts of things. Is there turbulence? Is there not? You know, like you just gotta whatever happens, let it be okay and roll with the punches, go with the flow and maintain a positive mindset because that's what we can control. All right, guys, thanks for listening and hopefully won't be uh, uh, so long in between episodes. I'll try to record. A, you know, I will record an episode while uh, next week I will be headed to Lebanon, Egypt, finally going to see Luxor in Egypt and then Tunisia, um, old Carthage in the Phoenician cities. So, yeah, I'm excited to to see all that. And I'll definitely do podcasts while I'm there because I'll be so excited. I won't be able to stop talking. All right, guys, take care. Thank you.